This is a Capricorn FM podcast. This grade 12 lesson is proudly brought to you by the Department of Education in partnership with Capricorn FM. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. Uh, greetings to my dear grade 12 learners. The class of 2020, you are the beacon of our hope. Welcome to this session, which basically is our last session. And I would like to continue wishing you a very successful examination for 2020. Don't despair. Continue working hard. It's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. Anyway, today the focus is English paper train. Section B, which is longer transactional text, and Section C, which is shorter transactional text, with Mr. Lufunopeti from the Koloi Secondary School in Malibu Central Circuit and the Capricorn North District. First thing first, remember the section is part of uh, Paper 3, which basically it's 100 marks, but at least today the focus would only be on the 50 marks it's your longer transactional text, 30 marks, and your shorter transactional text, 20 marks. Let's get to section B, which is basically your longer transactional text. I have already indicated that the total marks for this section is 30 marks, with content being assessed out of 18, and language and editing out of 12 marks. And it is recommended that candidates spend at least 40 minutes on this section. For candidates to do well in this section, they surely need to stick to the format, the structure of the text. Because format in this section is everything. You should also be willing to write everything in the language that you have been assessed. But it's strictly you need to use English. There's no room for vernacular or for your home languages. In section B, it is important to highlight that there would be four questions. Such one question from will be taken from one of the categories. So in simple terms, what I'm actually saying is that you have got four categories in section B, and in each of the four categories, there's going to be one question that is going to be set. And ultimately, you're going to have uh, four questions. So please be attentive. The presentation will cover almost every text in every category, but it is advisable, very advisable, that uh, it needs be you can choose one category and prepare thoroughly so that you nail the examination. Extensive reading is very, very important, as English is more functional and less formal. What you do now will definitely help you in future. Let us now look closely at the four categories that I've highlighted that fall under category section B. Category A is a category that comprises of letters. That is your formal letter and your informal letter. So in category A, we're expecting the formal letter, which another name is a business letter and an informal letter, which is also called a friendly letter. In category B, we're expecting a formal letter, which basically is going to be a covering letter or a letter in response to the advertisement. The second text will be an obituary. So in text B, it's a formal letter and an obituary. 
category C, you have got reviews, which basically will be a film review or a book review. You also have reports, which basically would be the formal report or the informal report. And the articles, which could probably be the magazine article and newspaper article. In category D, it's a dialogue, interview, and a speech. So if you look at what I'm just trying to present here, is I've presented all the four categories. And what I mean is that in each and every category, there's going to be a question set. A typical example would be, maybe the examiner might decide to take, in category A, to say you need to write a formal letter. In category B, you might get an obituary. In category C, you might get a review. In category D, you might get a dialogue. And those would be the questions that would form part of uh, section B. So it is important that we deal with all these uh, texts thoroughly so that you will be confident enough to choose a category and respond positively to one of the categories. Let us now zoom very closely to category A. I said in category A you have got a formal letter and an informal letter. I would like to start with the formal letter. The formal letter, it could be a letter of complaint. You could be applying for admission or a bursary. It could be a letter of requesting something. It could be a letter to express your gratitude or to express your view. So basically, these are letters that you should expect in terms of the formal letter. At the end of the day, you need to, at the back of your mind, you should there you should think about the audience you should think about the purpose and the format i've already spoken to the issue of the format so the following aspects of the formal letter must be included i want to try and emphasize this the following aspects of the formal letter must be included with the formal letter we need to see two addresses the first address has to be the address of the sender and on the address of the sender, we definitely need to see a date. And the date needs to be written in full. The second address is going to be the address of the receiver. The one who is going to receive the address, I mean the letter. His address should be reflected as the second address. And with this address, you're not supposed to write a date. But what I want you to be careful of is basically when you get formal letters, the examiner might not give you the second address. So because you might not get a second address, you need to be as creative as possible and come up with a second address. Sometimes they play around with, like they would say, write to the local, to your local municipality or to your local business uh, people. So when they said local businessman, local municipality, I think you need to be very creative because in your local area, there's a municipality and that municipality has got a name. It could be Blobed Municipality, it could be Mulemule, it could be Capricorn, it could be Wembe, it could be Makado. So when they say local, you need to bring in the name of the local municipality. If they say local businessman, you should definitely need to give us the, the name of the business person. That's why I'm saying in the second address, you need to be as creative as possible. And one thing that I also need to emphasize in terms of the addresses, please do not punctuate the addresses. Don't punctuate the addresses. I said two addresses which must be included in the formal letter. The second aspect is the salutation. 
In most cases, because we don't know the audience, we don't know who's going to receive our letter. Preferably, we need to write, Dear Sir, Stroke, Dear Madam. Because we don't know at least who is going to be receiving our letter. But if you know the person who's going to receive your letter, of course you can write, Dear Mr. Jones, if you know it's Mr. Jones. But once you write, Dear Mr. Jones, then you should definitely understand to say it's going to affect the conclusion. Because if you write the name of the recipient there, the conclusion, therefore, is going to be very different from when you write, Dear Sir, Dear Madam. Because when you write the name of the person, Dear Mr. Jones, right at the conclusion, you need to write your sincerely. But if you're writing dear sirs or dear madam, definitely it has to be yours faithfully. I will speak uh, to this issue when we get to the aspect of conclusions. The subject heading or the subject title is very, very important. A formal letter needs to have a subject title or the subject heading. And the subject title or the subject heading will be very much part of the question. The question will tell you to say write a letter to complain. Or write a letter to request something. Write a letter to express your view. If they say write a letter to complain about something that you bought from the shop, therefore the title is going to be a letter of complaint. If you're expressing your view about something that is happening in your community, it would say a letter to express your view. If you're really expressing your gratitude, you definitely write a letter to express your gratitude. So therefore that one is going to be the subject title. Immediately after the subject title, definitely are going to have a body. I want to try and recommend to you to say, you need to have at least three paragraphs. With the three paragraphs, the first paragraph needs to speak to the issue of the purpose. Why are you writing this letter? It has to be very clear in the opening paragraph to say you're writing this letter to complain about a particular item that you bought from this shop on this particular date and you still have the receipt of that particular item. The opening paragraph should definitely be very clear. If you're expressing your gratitude after maybe your municipality has done very good in terms of service delivery, you would indicate very clearly to say you're expressing your gratitude on what the municipality has done in terms of service delivery. If you are writing a letter to apply for something, you would indicate to say this letter is in response to the post that has been advertised. So basically I'm trying to show a variety of approaches in terms of writing the first paragraph, which basically has to be about the purpose. Then you need to go to the second paragraph, which is going to deal with the issue of the details. In your complaining, give us the details of your complaint. What are you complaining about? You can mention two, three, four, five aspects that you're complaining about. Maybe you bought an item, it's the cell phone, the buttons are not working, the screen is blurring. The speaker, it's not really working very well. Maybe the charging point is also having a problem. You need to list all those aspects because you're giving the details of that particular complaint that you, 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 you're lodging. If it's something about you writing a letter to apply for a particular position, that's where we need to see your qualifications. We need to see your skill. We need to see your experience. That is the details that I'm talking about. And the last paragraph, you're going to suggest solutions if you're complaining. You're going to give suggestions on a particular uh, issue that you're raising. You're also going to express your wishes. Remember, the body of your, of your letter should use between 120 to 150 words. So if you were to write three paragraphs, they would definitely come to that particular number of words. You would be expected to use between 120 to 150 words. 
So let me just repeat in terms of the body, please. The first one should be the purpose. It has to be very clear. In the second one, talk to us about the each of the details. In the third one, you can suggest solutions. You can express your wishes. And lastly, in this formal letter, we need to see the conclusion. You can write just a paragraph. I mean, yeah, just a paragraph before to say you're thanking this particular person in advance, or you're looking forward to a positive response, depending on what the letter is about. Then at the end, you're going to write yours faithfully. If you wrote dear sir, dear madam, yours faithfully, then you sign the letter and then you write your your names, your full name. If you wrote dear Mr. Jones, like I've indicated, the conclusion is going to be yours sincerely. So because I said in the first category, which is category A, you've got the formal letter and the informal letter. I have addressed the issue of the formal letter. Now let's look quickly at the issue of the informal letter, which is a single letter. Remember, we don't have the luxury of time on our side. We only have one hour, and we definitely need to try and cover almost every, every text in section B and section C. So the, formal, the informal letter, which is your friendly letter, it must have at least an address, and that is going to be the address of the sender, and the address of the sender should also include the date. The salutation should be there. If you're writing to your friend, please don't write, dear friend, because your friend has got a name. I think you need to write, dear Kulufel, or if your friend is Kulufel. If you're writing to your uncle, you can write, dear, dear Uncle John. If you're writing to your mom, then you can say, mom, well, it's acceptable. Then the greetings, the first paragraph needs to be the introduction, where you would definitely be, you know, greeting this particular person. Maybe you have seen each other after a long time. You might say it has been a while since we saw each other, and therefore it is indeed a great pleasure for you to write this particular letter to, to them. And they're just hoping that almost everything for them, uh, it's fine. So this is the introduction. I can't tell you how to approach the introduction. Because the letter, sometimes it could be a letter that you need to to express disappointment at times. Sometimes it's sorrow. Sometimes it's kind of joy. But you need to find a, a way of introducing yourself and introducing your letter to this particular person. So the second paragraph and the, third, uh, and the subsequent paragraphs you are going to give the details of what the letter is about. If you're taking, you're inviting your friend, you're going to indicate to say you're inviting your friend, you would give the details in terms of the occasion, you would give the details in terms of the days and everything that is going to be unfolding on that particular day, and the reason why you're inviting this particular friend of yours, and that you definitely badly need your friend to attend this particular function. If you're informing your friend about your relocation, then you are going to give the details in terms of your relocation, where have you relocated, when, how does the friend get to, to, to arrive at your place and all those kind of stuff. And then at the end of the day, you can write, you know, my real regards, my regards to your family, and then you write yours sincerely, then you write your name. There's no need to sign this letter, you write your name there, yours sincerely. If it's your parents, you can say your daughter, if you're a girl, if you're a boy, your son, if it's your friend, you can say you love him, friend, then you write your, your name there. That is, in short, category A. Now let's get to category B, which I said is a formal letter, it's a covering letter, a letter wherein you will be responding to an advertisement of a, po- a particular position and where you're also going to be expected to get an obituary, either a covering letter or an obituary. But I think in terms of the formal letter, if you stick to what I've presented 
looking at category A, which speaks about the formal letter, it's basically the same thing. We're expecting two addresses, we're expecting the salutation to be dear sir, dear madam, expecting the subject heading. If you're responding to the advertisement, it will be a letter of application or an application letter, so to speak. So you would indicate to say, first paragraph, you're applying for this particular position, you're responding to this advertisement. The second paragraph, you would give the details about yourself, about your skill, your qualification, your experience. And then the subsequent paragraph, you would indicate that you're available for this issue of interviews. You can make this particular difference if you were to be given a position. And you conclude by saying you're faithfully, and then you sign the letter, and then you move. Then if you're not going to get a covering letter, it will definitely be an obituary which basically I want to give you the most important aspects that you need to pay attention to in the obituary. In each and every obituary, whether it's your classmate or it's one of the community members or it's one of your family members who is late, you would be expected to write an obituary and you would, it would decide you need to pay tribute to this particular person. So paying tribute is almost everything. In the obituary, the name of the deceased should be there, the date of birth of the deceased should be there, the date of death should be there. The place of birth or the place where the deceased was living at that particular point in time is very important. You may as well include the cause of death. But it's important that you indicate the date of the funeral or the date of the memorial service. The position of the, of the deceased in the family. You can talk about the issue of the education. It's primary education, it's secondary education, tertiary education, if he happened or she happened uh, to be at the tertiary institution. And then if it was an, old, uh, an elderly person, then he would talk about the issue of the work experience. And most importantly, we need to see you paying tribute to this particular person. When you pay tribute, you're going to say a positive contribution that the person has made to the community to the country at large, to the place where this particular person was living. So the impact that the disease had in the lives of others. So you might write something like you're grateful for the awesome and wonderful memories of a giant, and that this guy was involved in charity. He was somebody who was passionate about mathematics, and he was going an extra mile in terms of helping these particular people. He was a businessman who created a lot of employment for his own people. You could say he was really very God-fearing, a prayerful person who was always giving free service to the sick and to the elderly. You might as well say something about the love that he had for reading, uh, for reading the passion for reading, and the passion for in, uh, helping other people. The issue of him maybe donating you know, toys to the crash. You might say a lot. You can say anything that is a positive contribution that the person has made in the lives of the other people and in the life of the community. This is what people would always remember him for. Sometimes you might also bring out his best, you know, quotation. You might bring out his best quotation, the words that he loved uh, most. Maybe do unto other people what you would like them to do unto you. Maybe you might say he likes this particular thing to say an individual has not started to live until he lives beyond the confines of his individual concerns. 
to the broader concerns of humanity, which is basically the words that were spoken by Martin Luther. And maybe those words were very inspirational to him. And he could use those words to inspire people. So we definitely need to see all those aspects of him making an impact in the community coming out very, very clearly. Well, going forward, please give us the issue of the survivors, the key survivors. Maybe it's a man, maybe it's, it's, it's survived by his wife and the children. We want to see you indicating the key survivors. And you, it's important that you need to indicate their names as well. And then the issue of uh, the date of funeral, the date of memorial service, where this guy, when this guy is going to be laid to rest. You see the beauty of language. Sometimes we are not going to say he's going to be buried on this particular day. It's good to say you will be laid to rest on this particular day. That's why sometimes you are like saying, you, say, you don't say he's leaving behind. I mean, it's okay, it's acceptable. But the, the beautiful expression would be, he is survived by his wife and this one and then this one. Mr. Petit, the Limpopo Department of Education believes that education is the key to overcoming poverty. As a result, we have partnered with Capricorn FM to bring radio lessons to all grade 12 learners in Limpopo. Starting on Monday, 17 August, tune in and catch expert teachers as they present live lessons for an hour. From Monday to Friday between 5 and 6 p.m. on Just Drive and again on Saturday and Sunday evenings between 6 and 7 p.m. on the Royal Movement and the Afterglow, respectively. Limpopo Department of Education. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. Now let's get to Category C. I will try to keep up the pace. I said we have reviews, we have got articles and reports. So let's start with the review. Remember, a review is an individual response to a work of art, be it a film or a book. So we're looking at a book review and a film review. So when writing a review, the following aspect must be included. You need to indicate the title of the book or the title of the movie. The title is very, very important. And sometimes going forward, you also relate how suitable the title is in terms of the content. So the second aspect that must be included is the author. The author of the book or the producer or the director of the film. We definitely need to see the names of, uh, of those guys who are involved in terms of writing this book and directing uh, the film. A review itself must contain a brief discussion of the setting. Let's get to that. Say something about the setting. When you are dissecting the setting, it's basically where and when the book was written, where and where the film was taken. You would be giving us you know, the historical background, of that particular book or that particular film. So let's get to see the setting to be very clear. The characters or the characterization is very, very important. Let's get to see who is the protagonist, who is the antagonist, and all these other characters that are involved. We definitely need to try and name them so that we could easily see how the book or how the, the film is, 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 is unfolding. The other aspect is the theme. The theme is the main idea of the story or of the film. That is the moral of the story. Some stories have got quite, you know, a number of themes. The films as well, you might detect a number of themes. So give us what you think is the main idea, the theme, or two or three themes of that particular book 
that we have read or that particular film that you have watched. And also make some comments on how well the author is discussing this issue of the plot. You need to make your own judgment and your own recommendation. What is it that you enjoyed most? What is it that you did not even enjoy? You also need to include a brief quotation that are found in that particular book or in that particular movie. And at the end of the day, you might give us a star rating, whether it's a must-read book or it's a book that one could just read when it's really very bored. Whether it's, it's, it's a star, it's a five-star kind of a film, which is going to be a must-watch film. So you need to include the title, the author, say something about the setting, the characterization, the issue of the themes, make your own judgment. What is it that you enjoyed most? What is it that you did not enjoy? Give us a, a summary, a synopsis of that particular film or that particular uh, book so that we definitely get to see how things were discussed. You can also include a brief quotation, like I've said, and give us your, your rating. That is as far as the reviews are concerned. In terms of the report, which basically are the other texts that you get, I said the formal report or the informal report. There are things that are really very common, both in the formal and in the informal report. What is important is the recipient. We need to see the person who's going to receive your report. We want to see the name of the person who is sending the report. We also need to see the date in which the report is written. Let's get to see the topic, what the title of the report, what is the report about, and give us an introduction to that particular report. You will be explaining the background and the purpose of the report. If it's going to be an informal report, you're going to give us the factual account of the incident or the situation as it unfolded. Because that will be an informal one. Let's say you have undergone a trip, and when you came back from the trip, the principal uh, requested you to write a report, maybe as the president of RCN. So you need to give the account of how the events unfolded up until the day you came back. At the end of the day, we need to see the conclusion, wherein you're going to summarize almost everything, and then you need to sign and date the report. If you were to write the formal report, it will basically be an investigative kind of a report. You need to show some kind of procedures that you have followed when you were gathering information. Is it was it interview where you're giving out people questionnaires? I mean, uh, you're giving out questionnaires. We definitely need to indicate the procedures that has, has been followed. Give us the finding based on those particular, uh, you know, procedures that you followed. What were the findings? What are you recommending? Now you need to conclude almost everything. Then you briefly draw together the findings and the recommendations in your conclusion. Then you give recommendations, you sign, and then you date uh, the, the, the report. I think we need to get to the issue of the dialogue and the interview, which basically is going to be category D, uh, the last category in this particular uh, section. With the dialogue, the most important features of the dialogue, number one, please give us a brief description, a brief context. Remember, a dialogue is a conversation that is happening between two people. And these two people will be talking about a particular point. There's going to be something that they will be discussing or they will be talking about. So it is important that you give us a scenario, a brief context of what this particular dialogue is about. The second aspect we also need, as you shall be writing, then we need to see the names of the characters who are involved. You're not going to use pronouns. Please do not use pronouns. He, me, he, me. We don't use that. We need to use the name. 
And immediately after writing the name, so we want to see the punctuation mark, the colon. And the name should definitely appear on the left-hand side. And then there's going to be a colon. And there's going to be utterances that the characters will be, the, the words that the characters, you know, are, are speaking. They need to be on the other side. And I also advise you to put a lot of stage directions because stage directions are very important in terms of spicing your, your dialogue. Because they will tell us and they will be expressing the particular emotion that the character will be experiencing at that particular point in time. And now, what is also very, very important, you definitely need to be very relevant to the, uh, to the question. Please don't start by the greetings. Good morning, how are you? No, we don't want that, because that would exhaust the number of words that you need to use. We just go straight to the point and talk about the particular issue. Make sure you give us a brief context. Make sure that you're going to use the names of the characters. And the punctuation mark that is going to be used is going to be a colon. Of course, you might use a lot of ellipses as the characters will be talking. And then you can just use ellipses just to spice it up. And at the same time, the stage directions need to be used. And I said the most important aspect, you also need to be very relevant to the, to the question. I said if it's not going to be a dialogue, it's going to be an interview, which basically it's more or less the same thing. You need to apply the very same technique. The only difference is that with the interview, it's more of a question and answer session than just a conversation. So there's going to be a character who's going to pose questions to the other one, and the other one will be responding. And one point in time, the other character who has been answering questions could also have an opportunity to ask questions. And you can also include the stage directions as well. You are always going to use the names of the characters, you're going to use the colon, and you're also going to be try and be relevant. Please don't exhaust your words by starting with the introductions, I mean, like your greetings, good morning, good morning. No, that one is it's out of context. It, it, it just go straight to the point and get to talk about what the, 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 the dialogue is about or the interview is about. So if you're not going to get a dialogue or an interview, definitely it's going to be a speech. And with a speech, you definitely need to come up with a very captivating introduction. Look at your audience. Acknowledge the audience. Outline the purpose of your address. And then in your body, try to be as relevant to the topic as possible. And immediately after that one, you're always going to thank your audience. And then you shall be moving out. If I were to refer to the 2017 November question paper, I will tell you to say in section B, what was there was the formal letter to the local municipality, there was an obituary, there was a magazine article, and there was a speech. In 2019 question paper, what we had there was a friendly letter, it was a covering letter, there was a newspaper article, and a speech. So that's exactly what I said in terms of the four uh, uh, categories. That is going to be at least one question from each category. Now let's get to section C, because we don't have a lot of time. Section C is a shorter transactional text. It's going to be assessed out of 20 marks. With content, it's going to be 12, and then there's going to be 8 for, for language. So in this section, three questions are going to be set, at least one question from each category. Therefore, it means we only have three categories in this section. Category A is advertisement, invitation card, poster, or a flyer. In category B, it's diary entries or a postcard. In category C, it's going to be directions or instructions. So one question is going to, to be set from this particular category. So without wasting any time, I want us to start with category A, which is basically your advertisement. When dealing with the issue of the advertisement, 
we need to try and create something that would grab the attention of the of the reader. Remember, I spoke about advertisement the other day when I was doing presentation of paper one. That you need to try and grab the technique. You need to use persuasive techniques. And those persuasive techniques will definitely be one of those ones will be grabbing the attention of the readers. So you need to try and apply the either principle in simple terms. You need to try and create something that people will be interested, they will have desire, and they will definitely uh, go all out and, and act. If it's you're advertising a product, please give a description of the product. If it's about services, you definitely need to try and uh, give the description of the services or the brand name. Also include the slogan. It's very, very important. Then at the end of the day, you also need to make sure that you put, you use persuasive uh, and emotive way so that people will definitely respond to that particular advertisement of yours. It's also very important that you need to include the contact details so that when people have got some kind of questions or they need to have, you know, advice that they need to give you or they've got complaints, they will always get back to you. And then it is also important that if it's basically about the services, let's get to see where we would get these services. Let's see, uh, you know, the uniqueness of that particular service that you shall be advertising so that people will definitely, you know, be attracted. I'm also trying, I'm also advising you to use different font sizes and different font styles. Of course, you're not expecting any illustration. But sometimes when you want to try and grab someone's attention in an advertisement, you can write something in bold letters. And at the end of the day, you need to have a catchphrase and um, this slogan. You might as well include figurative language. That could be your metaphors, maybe your simile, so that that would definitely speak to the to the audience. You might as well include the, the pronouns, like you, you. Let's say you're sophisticated. If somebody is saying you're sophistic, sophisticated, that particular person is talking to me. When you read it, it's talking to you. So that's one way of trying to persuade customers to come and write and buy to your, to your idea. So that is advertisement, the flyer, and the issue of the poster. I want us to get to the issue of the invitation. With the invitation, remember, you will be inviting people for different purposes. And then because you'll be inviting them for different purposes, you definitely need to make sure that the purpose is always going to be very clear. The two, the people that you are inviting, the name should definitely appear too, and then you write the name there. And then there comes the purpose. Tell us whether it's the traditional wedding, whether it's a reunion party, or it's a graduation ceremony, or it's a congratulatory function, give us the details. And then immediately after that one, tell us the details, the day, the day, the time, the venue. Include the issue of the dress code. Tell us about the issue of the RSVP, which is basically, please reply, maybe at this number on this particular day. Then you indicate from that this particular invitation is coming from this particular person. We want to see the name there. You might as well include general information, uh, general knowledge. So people, people will try sometimes to say, your presence will be highly appreciated. Maybe if it's a wedding, they would say, what God has joined together, no man could put us under. You know, all those kind of words, that will be related to that particular invitation that you shall be given. It's very, very, very important. Now let's get to category B, wherein I said you're going to get a diary entry or a postcard. With a diary entry, the most important aspect that you need to include in a diary entry. Remember, a diary is a record and a reflection of a personal experience. 
So you definitely need to try and include some of the aspects. These must be included. These are the must. These must be included. First thing is the issue of the date. Very, very important. The date, the day, and the time. If you're writing one diary entry, then you're going to indicate the date and you would indicate different times. If it's two diary entries, well, you can indicate two dates and you might as well indicate two days. Then the second thing that you need to know is that you're going to be asked to express your feelings and your thoughts. You might be, you are going to be asked to express your emotions, that is your feelings and your thoughts on a particular thing that actually happened. And then you might be asked to write two diary entries, a day before something happened or a day after something happened. If it's still going to be a day before, it's going to be at least before and after. Then you would be expected to express your feelings and your thoughts. So some of the feelings that you can consider in terms of expressing before and after, sometimes you might experience, you might be sad, you might be angry, you might be anxious, nervous, surprised, curious, confused, you might be worried, you might be shy, you might be shaking, you might be scared. Those are the negative ones. The positive ones, you might be very calm, you might be very excited, happy, you might feel relieved, you might feel relaxed, you might be very confident, be very proud of yourself, be very hopeful, you know, you might be encouraged, you might have been inspired, you might be over the moon, you might be in cloud nine. So those are some of the aspects, some of the feelings that you can consider when writing a diary entry. Because they might say, write two diary entries expressing your feelings and your thoughts a day before the examination results were released and a day after the examination results were released. What is important? We need to see the issue of the day and the date. If it's going to be one day, time is very important. Express your feelings. Don't say, I woke up early in the morning, so that is not really very important. What is important is you expressing your feelings and your thoughts. And at the same time, you need to indicate if it's two diary entries, let's see that there are two diary entries. If you're not going to get that, you will definitely get a postcard. So these aspects are very important in the postcard. You're going to use informal language. And in the postcard, you're going to be asked to share your experiences about a particular place that you visited. So this is sharing experiences. Then you need to try, when you're sharing your experiences about a particular place that you visited, please appreciate the place. You can give us a brief description of the place. You can talk about the issue of the weather, the environment, the people there. Talk to us about, you know, the places you visited. How impressed were you? You know, express your opinion about the place, whether in Gomayem, whether you would call again because the place was really very awesome. It was very refreshing. It was very relaxing. It's very, very important. But at the same time, with this particular postcard, you need to remember the format. You're going to draw a box of some kind, and then you draw a line. There's going to be a postcard. There's going to be an address on your right, and then the date will definitely be right on top. Then you write here, and then the person is going to receive. Then you write almost everything that you have. Just put an example of a postcard that I have here. Wherein this, this guy visited a particular place, then they're writing a postcard to their mom. But guess what? This is the most amazing and awesome place I have ever visited. The place is just breathtaking. It's out of this world. Its beauty can never be compared to anything. The mountains are very beautiful and compels you to appreciate both nations. The weather itself was really very friendly, and you have experienced a lot of things. Besides, you have visited these places. This is what you saw. People were really very unbelievable. You were very inspired. You think you need to call uh, to come again. And then you're saying to those guys, I wish you were here, or next time maybe you can come with me. You're sharing your experiences. 
Then you write yours sincerely and then it goes. The other um, aspect in category C is going to be the issue of the direction, the direction and the instruction. With the issue of the direction, it's very important that with direction, you need to look at a lot of uh, aspects that are very, very important. Direction, you need to make sure that the person who is going to be getting to a particular place needs to arrive at that So direction on the turns are very important. Left turn, right turn. If they're not turning right or left, they need to proceed straight. Otherwise, you definitely need to give us the issue of the estimated distance. Estimate distance. And please don't go beyond 20 kilometers because sometimes some learners would be going beyond that. And what we need to use, we are going to use meters and kilometers in terms of distances. So we are also expecting, uh, you know, the issue of the, the landmarks. Very, very important. Landmarks are your distinguished buildings. Maybe your schools, your uh, crash, your filling stations, you know, your stadiums and all those kind of stuff. And at the same time, you also need to in, uh, indicate the information uh, boards. And the road signs are also important as well. The names of the streets, if you happen to be in the city, are also very important. And you can also use campus direction, north, east, west, and south, depending on the person who is being directed, if the person is conversing uh, with the issue of the campus direction. The words that you need to use is after, whatever, behind, before, next to, opposite, near, after the robots, you know, those kind of words are very, very important when you shall be writing uh, words that needs to be used. Remember I said it's between 80 and 100 words. Direction, tense, estimated distance, landmarks. You can use road signs. You can use information signs. You can also use the street names. You might as well get to the issue of the campus direction. And these specific words, avoid this street, you need to jump, you need to skip, you need to uh, turn left, you need to go up beyond this one before, after, next to, opposite. These are the words that you need to use. With the instructions, it's very important. Instruction is the last one. Please make sure that you write your instruction in chronological order. You become very clear and unambiguous. Your instruction should be very clear and unambiguous. And it should easy. It should be easy for someone who has to read and to follow that, that it has to be in chronological order. And at the same time, you need to make sure that you become relevant to the topic. Because sometimes there's a temptation of just giving directions, I mean instructions, on something that is out of context. You would have diverted from the topic. So make sure that you skip, you, you, you skip to the to the topic. Let me just quickly, uh, with just a few seconds left, tell you to say in 2017 there was an advertisement, a diary entry, and an instruction. And last year in 2019, the examiner brought uh, the following uh, text, which basically is your instructions, your diary entry, and the invitation card. I wish almost that into examination, I hope you do very well. This question was very uh, was beneficial to you. So let's just keep our fingers crossed. We're always going to do well. And thank you very, very much.
God bless you and keep you safe uh, during these trying times that we have encountered. Thank you very much. Keep well. That's my what I said. I, I advise you to say if and if only it happens, you can just choose one category and prepare thoroughly about that particular category, and then you go and write examination based on that particular category. This grade 12 lesson was proudly brought to you by the Department of Education in partnership with Capricorn FM. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.